Hey everybody, and welcome to Geek Freaks. <laughs> I am Frank, and I'm with Jonathan. Hey y'all. And uh, today, first of all, we're not doing the stream because we're trying out a new camera. Because I realized that the camera on my phone is better than the <laughs> the pretty expensive webcam I bought. <laughs> yeah. So we're 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 investing in a new camera here pretty soon. But for now, we're gonna try out the phone, which means no stream because we're still trying something new. Uh, but today is our very first comic book club. Real excited about that. Uh, what what that means is we're gonna be going over a staple comic in comic book history. Today's is Watchmen, which arguably might be the biggest staple there is. Um, and we'll review kind of a, a little bit behind the uh, like who the writers are and stuff like that. Then we'll just break down the big story, our thoughts on the story, and then we'll talk about any other medium. This one has a lot of extra mediums, why so I want to make sure I go into that. Uh, and then we have some news at the end. So nice. I didn't want to do the news first because I thought, you know what? People are going to be Watchmen hyped because today that we're recording this, the new series is starting. It's Watchmen series. Uh, so people are, are going to be fired up for that. Uh, is there anything you have any questions about Watchmen before we get started or anything like that? Nope, I'm stoked. All right, full stoked. Here we go. So here's our brand new Colin Book Club Watchmen. Starting off with the uh, writers, or the writer is Alan Moore. He's also known for doing League of, Le or League of Legends, League of <laughs> Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm. uh, V for Vendetta, and Batman the Killing Joke. There's a few other ones. The but... comic series of those? Yeah. Oh, okay, cool, cool. But those are like, I mean, Batman the Killing Joke is when we were doing picking our things, I was like, okay, one of you guys need to do this and you need to do it right because it's so important. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that, that's pretty crazy. Uh, uh, right there, it's kind of what I would argue the new Joker movie might be leaning into. Yeah. So if you're kind of wondering. And I really liked the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen movie, so I think that'd be a good series to read too. Yeah, I liked the movie, but I think I have to read it now because knowing that Alan Moore made it after reading Watchmen, mm -hmm. I think I have to read that and yeah, see how much better lot, it actually is. a lot more depth to it than the show, I'm sure. Yeah. Because that's my... Okay, so just to give everybody references, you've only read the... You've only watched the movie. How many times have you watched the movie before? I think twice. Is twice. All, yeah. I've only seen it once and it was in 2009 when I saw it in the theaters. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking out like, yeah, that was pretty cool. It was way too long. I don't know what the cartoon parts were about. Yeah. There's like cartoon parts in there. I don't know if you remember that part. I don't remember most of the movie. I remember the blue guy yeah. walking around naked. That's what everybody... There's a lot of dong in it. Yeah. yeah. So everybody walks away with that. That's Dr. Manhattan. Uh, yeah. So I just knew that this was important. And I remember after that movie, I ended up picking up a couple copies I got off of like eBay or something like that. Yeah. I didn't really get into it. Then I bought this um, I, maybe a year ago. I'm going to show it for the cameras. This is the uh, paperback that came out a couple years ago. I know there's a brand new one, even even newer than this. This is uh, twenty bucks US, and you can get. It, I think I bought it for sale for ten bucks. So that's what we're going to be going off of is this one here, and that's the complete collection there. So Alan Moore's the one's the writer. The artist is uh, Dave Gibson. He's done so many books, but he's he's uh, known for Judge Dredd, Green Lantern too. He's worked on the Hellblazer comics. Is something that we're, we've also been talking about reading. Uh, colorist is John Higgins, also Judge Dredd, Batman: The Killing Joke, and Jonah Hex. Uh, Jonah Hex is one of those I really feel like I should be reading. I think it would be right up my alley. Comic books and Western. It's perfect. Mm -hmm. uh, published by DC Comics in 86 to 87 as a 12-issue run. Uh, and I'm just going to read the synopsis. So this is just a real brief kind of like what is Watchmen. Watchmen depicts an alternate universe or history where superheroes emerged in the 40s and the 60s. And their presence changed how the, the history of the United States. We ended up winning the Vietnam War and Watergate never were, was exposed. So Nixon was able to continue being president. Hmm. They actually changed it so he was president five times in a row. Wow. Yeah. Um, in 85, the country is edging towards World War III with the Soviet Union. Uh, freelance costume vigilantes have been outlawed. And most former superheroes are in retirement 
or working for the government. The story focuses on the personal development and moral struggles of the protagonists as they investigate a murder of a government-sponsored superhero that pulls them out of retirement. So that's the idea, is we're watching these guys that have already been retired. Some of them have, have been around, like Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan's been yeah, around before. Yeah. And, uh, and they're kind of being pulled back in to investigate why the comedian, which is the guy that died, why he had died. And uh, who, who killed him, how he was murdered and stuff like that. It was clearly a murder. Some special notes on this. This comic book is a nine panel I'll, on the YouTube channel. If YouTube doesn't hate me and bans us for doing it, they always do. <laughs> it's generally a nine panel layout, which at the time is, it's kind of different because a lot of times you do these big flashy panels and stuff like that, especially nowadays comic books are that way a lot. Yeah. This was a nine panel format. And whenever it wasn't nine panels, they were still staying within the format. Yeah. You would just, just use three instead of, yeah. yeah. Combine two or three. It's it makes it for a, a much more of a novel like read mm -hmm. instead of a comic book read. Matter of fact, this was I have this noted too. It received so many uh, acclaims and stuff like that from comic comic fans and mainstream press. Mm -hmm. uh, Watchmen was recognized in Times list of the top one hundred novels in the English language since nineteen twenty three. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. That's Yeah, it's pretty amazing. In retrospect, a uh, 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 retrospective review, the BBC's uh, Nicholas Barber described it as the moment comic books grew up. <laughs> so that's why we wanted to make sure we added this one in because this is when... That's, that's the tipping point of us as kids reading comic books. Now we're adults and we're publishing adult comic books. More exactly. mature, you know, reads. This was the comic book. They existed beforehand, but they just weren't really received. Yeah. This is the first time it was received as like, holy cow, this is an amazing story. It's in this comic book medium, but that doesn't mean that's for kids. Yeah. It's just how we're telling our story. And this could not be told without a comic book. Hmm. It's just the visuals behind it. Watching Dr. Manhattan form his castle on Mars and stuff like that. You have to see that. You just can't read it. That's cool. So, that's why I want to make sure that this is one of the staples we re review because it's why we can review the rest, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's why it's okay for, you know, in most people's eyes, for adults to read comic books. Hmm. So that's this one right here. It has, uh, it's famous for its smiley face with a, with a stain on it. The other main comic book uh, combined together, we'll always have that on front of it. This one's just the middle. Uh, it has a smiley face with a blood stain on it. The smiley face was always worn by the comedian. Mm -hmm. The blood stain is from when he died in the, in the opening scene. Throughout, it's used as a symbol of your happy-go-lucky comic book heroes, your superheroes having or not being perfect. Yeah. So it's kind of like the stain on humanity, you know. Yeah. It's like the truth a, behind superheroes. A false smile, like uh, just covering up the darkness that's going on in the background kind of thing. Exactly, yeah. It also looks like a old Walmart uh, logo. It does, yeah. It's yeah. <laughs> yeah. funny. I think Walmart was big Watchmen fans. Right. That's what happened. Uh, in between the chapters, there's a lot of... There's so much backstory behind this. Now, mm -hmm. uh, you know, of course, I just read this. And then I my last, like, two weeks have been just Watchmen brain. <laughs> so <laughs> um, it's a lot for me to process in two weeks. There are fans, like, I am fans of Game of Thrones. Mm -hmm. There are fans of this. Yeah. They can tell you the different little details. It's so funny that our first comic book review is, like, one of the deepest comic books that really we should be doing a podcast about, not just this episode. So there must be Watchmen, like, conventions and stuff, right? There Where has to groups be. Of, yeah, I'd imagine, because, like you're saying, it's such a pivotal and well-received well yeah. comic that it'd be kind of cool to, yeah. to see. And, and beyond just the story itself, in between each chapter, there are, like, fake files, like Rorschach's files, mm. and there are... Um, there's a book within this book. There's actually multiple of them. There's one of them. It's called Under the Hood, that the first... Night Owl, which you could assume is like their very nice version of Batman. Mm -hmm. The first version of him ended up making a book about what it's like to be a superhero, and he like kind of busted out a lot of like the truths mm -hmm. behind all the comic all, all the superheroes. Uh, and he was shunned by a lot of people because of it. 
uh, th- those pages, those inserts are like throughout the book. Hmm. And then what thing that I don't actually like is there's this comic book called uh, The Tales of the Black Dread. I have, uh, let me see, The Black Freighter, which is this old pirate comic book that's within these comic books because at this time there are no superhero comic books because those are in real life. So all the comic books are about pirates. Okay. And yeah, in, in their world, in their world, what yeah. kids are reading is not about the heroes that are real to them. It's about pirates. pirates. It's, it's more yeah. fictional for them. Yeah. So, uh, so this whole time you're you, within the pages, you're getting also this other comic book story uh-huh. that, about this, this, this captain and him like, try, I'll, I'll, I'll go over the quick story about that at the end, but essentially but it kind of mirrors what they're talking it's about. It's mirroring too. the, the, I would say villain. If you want to pick an antagonist, we'll go with the antagonist yeah. of the story. Okay. So it's it is kind of setting up why he's doing it, what he's doing. Mm-hmm. But generally, I think it slows actually the whole thing down. And in the movie, we'll talk about the movie briefly at the end. It ruins the movie to me. Really, I think if they were to take that out, and I watched the ultimate cut, which is two hundred and ten minutes, it's a long cut. But I mean, those scenes come at moments when you want to keep the tensity high, mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, cartoon now, and yeah. it's just they they use the cartoon because in here it's it's a different format, different you know whatever. So they they do change up quite a bit with that. Uh, and then also the last thing we want to note about how the comic book is before we get into the story is it jumps around a lot mm-hmm. in time because I, I have a feeling it's because you're reading it like Dr. Manhattan would read it, who sees through time. Yeah. So Dr. Manhattan will say words like, uh, it is 1948. I'm with the comedian and we're watching whatever. It is 1983. I'm with Laurie and because he's seeing at all points. Yeah. And it gets to... It gets so amazing. <laughs> like this, so when you're done reading this, you like sit back in your chair and you're like, holy shit, that was a good movie. Or that was a good book. Yeah. And when you're reading his lines specifically, it's like, he's like, uh, oh, what is one of the things he says? He says something like, Oh, I'm telling Lori that Rorschach, that you're here, Rorschach. And he's talking to Lori while he's saying that I'm telling her in two minutes that you're gonna be here. And then you see the other part of the conversation where he said the same thing over again, but it makes sense now in both senses because uh, he's telling both people, like, oh, don't worry, you're here. Yeah. It's just nuts. He's, just, he's literally being in two places at the same time. Exactly. At two different times. Oh, yeah. He's, so he's, he's saying the same thing. Two to do it for people at two minutes apart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I got you. He's, he's communicating to himself through time, pretty much. Like he's letting him. Yeah. yeah. I get It's saying. really hard. Yeah. It's a mind trick, but that's cool. So a lot of times, like especially Lori, Lori lives with him. So she sees it a lot. Yeah. A lot of times you're, you're in the room with him and you're having a conversation with him, but he's having a conversation with two different people mm-hmm. and they're not at the same time, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. It gets complicated. I'm trying to think of where else we've seen that, but I can't think of... No, I, I, and what's tricky is if you've seen it, it's because they copied Watchmen. Yeah. Because this came yeah. out in 86, 87. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that stuff comes from here. A lot of the stuff we watch today. Uh, some of the other sequels and um, other media as we get from this is we have the Zack Snyder film that came out in 09 that we've talked about a lot. Yeah. Zack Snyder, he later on went to go do uh, Justice League and Batman vs Superman and all those train wrecks. Yeah. So, uh, you know... This, I think, actually was better than Justice League. I think there actually is a little bit uh, more style to it. I do like how they use slow motion. We'll get into all that later on. Um, there was a Warner Brothers published motion comics that animated the original comic book. So they actually took the panels out of the comic book and animated them. It's amazing and it's free on YouTube. Really? Yeah, I was watching it all morning. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's really neat. And then, uh, the only problem is the voice actors. I think they use like one or two voice actors for everything. Yeah. So like they used this guy's voice for Lori. Mm, it's all and, very similar and hard to yeah. fall in. And then the like characters. some of the uh, the black characters, they ended up like overdoing the voices where like, eh, you guys didn't need to do that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, that was made in 09 and sometimes it sounds like it was made in the 80s with the book. Um, 
and then they then they published a book called Before the Watch Before Watchmen, which is a, a prequel miniseries back in 2012. And then yeah, we have Doomsday Clock, which we've talked about in the past. Mm-hmm. That is a 12 series or 12 issues limited series. It's a sequel to the original series that premiered in 2017. That one doesn't have Alan Moore or Gibson involved, but it, it is supposed to be tying in Watchmen into the Batman and Superman universes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a way to kind of bring everything in. And then lastly, we have the television adaptation, which is also a sequel. And that's taking, so I want to make sure everybody understands this. That is a sequel to the comic book, not to the movie. Oh. Because the endings are different. Mm -hmm. So there is a squid, you know, (laughs) that's in the the series. That's what's in the comic book too. It's not some bomb that goes off. Uh, Some of our big characters that we have in this is Rorschach. He's Walter Joseph Kovac. I'll be referring to him as I go over the story as Rorschach. He's a... um, very noir detective type character that has a mask on that's constantly changing its shape like a Rorschach test. Yeah. Uh, he is a messed up individual mm-hmm. and uh, he's journaling the whole time. He's actually like, I heard somebody just, dis- cause I've been doing a lot of research on this as well. Somebody de- described it very well as he's what Batman would be in real life. Cause a person who can go out every night and beat up thugs and do all this research, constantly thinking like that. They mm-hmm. wouldn't be a billionaire with a, same mind yeah. during the day no they would just be like a nut job during the day too exactly just trying to just get through the sunlight so they can get back into their darkness and during the day when he's walter he's this guy who's like carrying around one of those like the end is nigh mm-hmm. signs everywhere so you always see him in the background while other people are talking because that's how he's spying during the day because uh, he's just like this like crazy like nut job. yeah yeah that's pretty cool Next, we have Silk Spectre 2, which is Lori. Uh, she takes after her mom, who was Silk Spectre 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is a superhero, but doesn't want to be a superhero. And when I talk about her, we'll just be calling her Lori. We have Night Owl 2, which is, again, a sequel to Night Owl. Uh, he is Daniel Dreidberg, but I'll be calling him Dan. We have Oz- Osmodeus. Uh, Adrian Veidt is his real name. Uh, we'll be calling him Ozzy. He is... So, like, Night Owl, just real quick, he's, like... Batman, like you would expect with the cowl and everything like that. Yeah. Right. All he has a cool tech because mm-hmm. he, he was just rich. Yeah. <laughs> he just got a funny backstory. He's like, I'm rich and I liked the first Night Owl. So I asked him, okay, can I use your stuff? <laughs> Essentially. And he became the new Night Owl. Osmodeus was this guy who, who's believed to be the, rich, the, the smartest man on earth. And he like really likes Egyptian art style. So everything he does is like Egyptian art style. Mm. And he models his life after Alexander the Great. Okay. Uh, two more. We have the comedian. His, he's Edward Blake. Uh, he is basically the Punisher and Wolverine mixed in one, if I were to pick somebody. Nice. Which is like ramped up to rated R. Mm-hmm. So he's done so many atrocious things. I believe the reason he's the comedian is because he's the only one that kind of sees life as it is. Like, we're all screwed once the nuclear nukes go off anyways. Mm-hmm. So I think he thinks life is a joke. Yeah. I'm going to go with that. Kind of like Joker, the new Joker movie, that kind of thing. Yeah, a little bit little bit crazy, but just, just hanging on enough to... Yeah, and Rorschach actually... L- admires that in in Blake is the fact that he um sees life for what it is and won't won't be as soft like everybody around him is yeah. soft and Rorschach takes that trying to sugarcoat the world around him yeah so although he dies in the first scene he is referenced throughout the, the entire comic because yeah. he's the inciting incident for the yeah. soft, in the, the soft movie thing. it was all about flashbacks with him right. too and in the movie he's played by uh was it Jeffrey D Morgan yeah Negan yeah and which was some excellent casting uh last person I want to make sure we introduce is Dr. Manhattan uh, he started out as Dr. John Osterman, and I'll be referring to him as just Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Uh, an important note is he is, I'm going to double check my brain here. Yes. <laughs> he's the only one with superpowers. Okay. Oh, and, so all these other yeah. heroes. I didn't realize that. That's something that the movie doesn't do. Huh. He's the only one that's not a guy that's just wearing a cape and running around fighting people all day. So what's Rorschach's mask about? 
That so that's like neat, that's not in the movie as well. No, that mask is actually so when Manhattan became big, mm-hmm. he started making a lot of tech. So everybody's driving around in electric cars and stuff like that. That mask is made from a dress that they made like with like missing or mixing up shapes, and it was designed by him. Oh, okay. So it it's like Manhattan sh- magic essentially. It's just to be a, a unique style of right. dress. Whatever, but the lady didn't like it. And so, and then the lady was uh, killed later on. Uh-huh. Rorschach was a uh, dress deliverer at the time. Ended up taking the dress, stealing it, and like uh-huh. making his mask out of it. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. So yeah, nobody here. Uh, Night Owl's rich. Silk Spectre just trained really hard. Mm-hmm. Uh, Osmodeus is the smartest man alive, but that's it. And we find out that even that's not enough. Sometimes he does have. He is super fast, which comes in important later on. So maybe he does consider to have superpowers. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, the comedian. He's just got a lot of guns. Yeah, in the movie, it seemed like he had super strength too, but maybe it was just brute strength. All of them in the movie seem like they have super strength. Yeah. When you watch it, it opens up after after the comedian dies, and then we see, um, uh, we'll go over the storyline, but but uh, Rorschach jumps or gets into his apartment. It's all like way overpowered. Like he's able to jump and like barely lean on stuff. And yeah. he like slides down buildings sometimes. So like, whoa, 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 no, dude. <laughs> You're just a dude. Yeah, you are the fittest. Not Spider-Man, but... <laughs> right. He even, like, kind of makes fun of... Like, Dan, mm-hmm. in the movie, is kind of fit and cut a little bit. When, in the comic book, he's got a pudge because he's retired. And yeah. so he's got this little pudge, and then he kind of puts the suit back on. And they're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> like uh, Incredibles. Yeah. With the, the head squeezing That's a good in. way to put it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So so that's basically what we're looking at, guys, for Watchmen. I'm going to go ahead and go into the story now. There's going to be a lot of talking. I have some checkpoints so I can narrow it down a little bit. Interrupt if you have any questions or oh, any insights, okay? Will do. And I bought some music so we could put underneath this, so it might be like cool no story time. Swatting. We'll see how it goes. I like it. All right, here we go. Watchmen. Chapter one. We start with the comedian being killed. He's thrown out of his apartment. Somebody murdered the wall. Or, I'm sorry, the comedian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rorschach goes in afterwards and inspects what had happened. Detectives come by. They're like, oh, it's no big deal. Yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. And that's where Rorschach finds out that this was the comedian because originally it was just some old man that died. Uh... We learn that Rorschach is keeping a journal, and that's where he writes down. He's kind of like the narrator for the entire story as well mm, through okay. his journal. Yeah. Uh, two things you note from the journal is that we learn that he's he is a nut job. Yeah. I mean, he's very not PC uh-huh. in everything he thinks. So when he sees he's really against prostitution, mm-hmm. and we find out later on it's because his mom was a prostitute and stuff like that. So, uh, and there's a just real quick spoilers. First, second, <laughs> super mature content. Com- yeah, content. So. Yeah. Be aware of that. The future comic books when we're reviewing Batman stuff, it won't be this bad. Uh, then we go into Rorschach starts to question all the other heroes that we have at play still alive. Mm-hmm. So he goes to Dan and he's he's talking to Dan. He talks to Ozzie at one point. And Ozzy at this point, we learn, is like wealthy. And he, and he learned to kind of quit before this Keen Act kicked in. This Keen Act came in and it made it uh, outlawed to be a superhero. Mm-hmm. So the only ones that were allowed was the comedian because he worked for the government mm-hmm. and Manhattan because he was also working for the government. Okay. So uh, Ozzy quit it a little bit early and then he started selling action figures. Mm-hmm. So he got rich and everything like that. Real quick, was there a reason why Rorschach started questioning other heroes? Was there some kind of connection that he, he thinks? thinks good, good point. See, in the fine details, I have all kind of stuff, but I want to make sure it kind of be broad, so that's good. Yeah. Uh, the reason he's doing that is because he thinks somebody's going around trying to kill heroes. Oh, okay. He thinks yeah. it's the beginning of a... Of a you know, series of hero deaths. Right. Gotcha. So that's what's starting him off. So he goes there. So he talks to, and then we see, you know, Dan's this guy who's retired and he, he goes and he hangs out with the old night out every night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hollis, which is just the sweetest thing. You have this like old man who's telling stories from like the forties <laughs> when he was, you know, back in my day, but he's a real nice guy. Mm-hmm. Then you got this guy 20 years later on that was doing it. And he's also retired. But he's like, 
too young to be retired still. <laughs> yeah. So it was just this really kind of cute thing where they visit every Sunday, you know? Yeah. So we have that. Then we see Matt, uh, Manhattan and Lori, they're working for the government. They work at the Rockefeller Institute. And Manhattan's really the guy that's like doing all the work because they're trying to like develop some stuff. Mm-hmm. And she's allowed to live there. But her job, we learn through context, is to keep him calm because oh, okay. he is a nuclear bomb. She's like his handler. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just keep the heart rate down because he could kill everybody just by thinking it. Yeah. Just so, by getting nervous or something. So there's a couple things going on in the background here while we're, while we're talking. I won't be going into too much. Mm-hmm. First off, there's a lot of side characters. I won't be talking about the comic book within a comic book. Mm-hmm. We won't be talking about that whole newsstand. There's all kinds of side stuff, which matters towards the end, but generally is there is just kind of building up New York. Yeah. Secondly, there's a war that's that's approaching between the U.S. and Russia. It's World War III, and everybody's mm-hmm. got nuclear bombs, and they project that essentially we'll lose the East Coast and we'll just have to deal with it. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what Nixon, in his fifth term, is now looking at. Like, okay, that's what we have. Yeah. So just kind of keep that in mind. Dr. Manhattan's the reason the Russians haven't attacked yet, because he can go in and just delete Russia. Okay. So he's our nuclear answer, hmm. you know. When he's going around, we see that uh, Lori and Manhattan are, are, are sitting there working... Rorschach's kind of bugging them a little bit, Lori specifically, because he's trying to defend the comedian. And we learn that Lori's mother w- had was almost raped by the comedian. Mm. So she doesn't want anything to do with, if he's dead, good. Yeah. Be gone. And then Manhattan's like, oh, you're bugging Lori. And Manhattan doesn't quite understand emotions right now. Yeah. So he just kind of can get, uh, oh, oh, I noticed that she's upset. He's not getting the actual point yeah. of the story. So he zaps him gone. He's outside the facility. Yeah. We see that Lori and Manhattan... Uh, she's she, Lori's complaining to Manhattan. She feels cooped up all the time and asks if, oh, can I? Well, why don't we go have dinner with Dan? And uh, he's like, well, why don't you go and have dinner with Dan? And then what's cool is the expression they put on his face is it's like he's smiling at that moment. And so after after I read this and then I was watching the motion comic book, they made sure to show that smile really clearly. Mm-hmm. And it's because I think he sees in the future that her and Dan are going to get together. Mm. so he's like oh this is is the future of a good relationship that's cool he's also upset about it it's so funny that he can see through when he's happy about it and when he's upset about it yeah because he exists in all time right yeah he's like uh omnipotent yeah so later on we'll talk i'll just kind of drop it in right real quick uh he says oh we're gonna talk and in about two minutes you're gonna tell me that you're sleeping with dan i'm gonna (laughs) be upset about it he's like how did you know how would you know how would you be upset about it and then eventually as two minutes go on she says and he's like you're sleeping with dan it's like (laughs) What the hell? <laughs> this book is so good. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. So then Lori and Dan, they go out on this date and they talk about the Keen Act and the good old days. So it's kind mm-hmm. of reminiscing about the good old days. And you see that there's a good budding relationship there. Yeah. Uh, the next chapter, there's two major things that are going on. We'll start with Lori. She's going to go visit her mom. And uh, she does, and everybody else is going to the funeral of the comedian. She didn't want to go to the funeral because, of course, she's upset about the attempted rape. Yeah. Uh, while with the mom, though, we learn that she looks at history a little differently because mm-hmm. she was the one that attempted to rape. You assume that she was very upset about this whole thing. Yeah. But she's kind of like, people are flawed, yeah. you know? And I, I remember that part in the movie too. Yeah. It's like, you know what? The world is crazy. Other than that one thing, he's a pretty good guy. Well, even that he, uh, she looks at the comedian almost like he didn't think in black and white. He thought in grays and mm-hmm. that's just how life is. Life yeah. is grays. Yeah. And so, um, her character, I really, one thing I remember when I watched the movie and then reading this is yeah. I want a whole series about the Minutemen, which is the older <laughs> family, you know? Yeah. And uh, the comedian was one of them that was like in both groups. So he's a very interesting character in that sense. And then we learned from in the funeral, each member of the main cast is kind of having flashbacks of when they were working with the comedian mm-hmm. and some of the atrocities that he had committed. 
So I'll just go over real quick what these were. Osmodeus was real easy. Ozzy's was real easy. They tried to form the group again in the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the comedian got mad at everybody else. It's a joke. All you guys are jokes. You think you're going to be able to stop what's coming. You can't. And there's a really cool scene where there's like this map of like, oh, we have to worry about hate crimes and we have to worry about this. And he just lights it up. He's like, doesn't matter because when the nukes come, it's all gone. Yeah. So you guys are silly to think that you're big enough or that the problems are small enough for you to be able to handle. Yeah. <laughs> and then he walks out. That scene, you don't realize how important it is until after you're done with the comic book. Mm. But that scene's really important. And so that's what Oz- Ozzy's thinking about. Manhattan's thinking about the time when him and, and uh, a comedian were sitting there winning the Vietnam War for the U.S., mm-hmm. which is not how it went in history, right? Yeah, we didn't win the Vietnam War. Yeah. But it hit, but this one, they oh, did. Oh, and there he's... Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's one thing that's interesting. In the movie, there's 51 stars on all the flags mm-hmm. because we, made, we won Vietnam and then we made it a state. <laughs> yeah. So it shows that like they're just zapping through people. A lot of the Vietnamese surrendered in that war because they thought that Manhattan was a god. Uh-huh. And so they were like, well, we're, we're going to listen to whatever the god says. The atrocity that happens is they're drinking at a bar afterwards while fireworks go on off. And a woman comes in. She's pregnant with a comedian's son or child. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then he says, I'm done with this country. I'm out. I don't care what you think. She slashes him on the face and he guns her down. Oh, wow. And it's so heart-wrenching because... Right away, Manhattan's like, what are you doing? You gunned her down. And he's like, yeah, you watched me do it. And you could have turned my gun to steam. You could have, you know, yeah, done this, that, knew, and you didn't. You knew your whole life this was this moment was going to happen. Yeah. You didn't turn me away or something like exactly. that. Exactly. And then he says, it's because you don't care about us humans. Yeah. You don't look at us. You, you are detached from us more and more every day. And yeah. God help us when you become fully detached. Yeah. It's like, damn, this, this book is so freaking good. And it's a comic book. I love it. And then Dan's uh, reference back is... When uh, there's so many, I was almost thinking like I should just make a list of one-liners because there's so many good one-liners. But anyways, he's looking back to this one time when there's this big riot and him and, and comedian were supposed to be quailing the riot. Uh-huh. Dan's trying to keep things level-headed because that's how Dan is. But the comedian finally just gets down there with a gun and just starts hitting people with the butt of his gun. Yeah. Starts beating up the riders. He's got this like tear gas. He's just launching it at people and stuff like that. He's just shooting down people. And then uh, uh, Night Owl's like, Dan's like, what happened to us? What's going on? And he says... Uh, what happened to the American dream? And he's like, what are you talking about? This is the American dream. We're living it. Enjoy it because it's almost gone. Yeah. And stuff like that. So that kind of break, that's what that whole funeral scene is about. It's kind of showing their relationship to the comedian and also building up the comedian because we don't get him in present tense. Yeah. So that tells you who the character is. Hmm. Pretty messed up character that I really want to read a lot more about. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then um, right after this, we got Rorschach. He notices that Moloch, which is one of their arch nemesis is like back in the day, uh-huh. he was at the funeral. So then he follows him back to his apartment, starts questioning him. And uh, he reveals that the comedian actually visited him uh, back in the uh, while ago and was like falling apart, saying like, oh, we're all screwed, yada, yada, yada. Mm. Real weird thing, like crying at the foot of his bed and then walked away. So he's like, something's up. And so that's why he went to go visit him. And he also reveals that the comedian kept talking about this island full of artists and scientists and stuff like that. There's this weird island going on. So the comedian obviously knew something that everybody else didn't know. Yeah. And then Rorschach leaves him because he finds out the Moloch has cancer. So chapter three... We see that Manhattan, um, so Laurie and Manhattan's relationships, of course, on the strain because of the situation where he's so much more advanced than she is. Yeah. Uh, he lost his last wife because she was aging, he wouldn't age, and eventually they grew apart. Didn't she get cancer because of his radiation? Yeah, it's coming up. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, that gets deep. That okay. gets crazy. Yeah. Uh, so this is one of the moments that things really fall apart. Manhattan and Laurie are in bed together, mm-hmm. and then we realize it's two Manhattans that are in bed with him. And then we realize when she's frustrated, there's two of them. Neither of those are the Manhattan that's really paying attention. Uh, he's working the the lab because he's got to get stuff done. Yeah. So he's just sending basically clones in. He's like, I was focusing on you. I promise. Bullshit. You were in the lab. You were yeah. focusing on the lab. 
So Lori's but upset. At the same time, though, he's so powerful. I'm sure his mind can process more than ours, so he can be fully focused as much as we yeah. can in multiple places at the same time. That's one of the hard things, too. Yeah, because we're, we're reading this. I think we see time a lot like Manhattan does, but we're humans like Lori. Yeah. Look at the situation, so it boggles us the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. Also, by the way, guys, you might hear papers wrestling in the background. <laughs> yeah. That's because there's just a lot that's, of them. That's authentic hands-on notes. Yeah. I'm going to scan these and actually put them up for our patrons because there's a lot of details <laughs> that yeah. I'm skipping. Might as well. Uh, so Lori gets upset and she she says, I'm leaving you mm-hmm. to Manhattan. And she goes and sees Dan. After this, so so she's going to go stay with Dan. And basically that's what's going to end up happening is she's going to end up staying with Dan. Yeah. Um, and Manhattan has an interview that evening. So he's going to go on TV and kind of like bring peace to everybody because everybody's the tension's high with the war coming up. So like, well, let's talk to the deterrent himself you know yeah. it's like if we could sit down and talk to the nukes and the nukes be like don't worry i got this guys yeah. essentially it's gonna happen during this a reporter comes up and says hey so you know your past partner has cancer your ex-wife has cancer mm-hmm. this guy that guy this guy they all got cancer they're wherever around you are you giving people cancer and then like also the question starts to come bubble up and stuff like that and he gets frustrated and one of the most awe-inspiring moments he's like stop asking me questions he freaks out and doesn't zap himself out he zaps everybody in the studio out <laughs> audience cameraman everybody so it's him by himself and then he's just like all right i'm out so he goes to mars so he goes to arizona grabs a picture then he goes to mars mm-hmm. and there he's at peace and nobody's gonna bug him and stuff like that uh chapter four and there's 12 chapters so we're moving along pretty good here uh this is the first time we see uh how manhattan thinks in fourth dimensions and it's basically the manhattan chapter mm-hmm. uh each one of these guys get moments where we kind of see how they were who they are yeah uh manhattan he started off uh, as a watchmaker for his father his dad wanted him to get into atomic science he, oh so he was normal he was, he was normal i didn't realize that i oh, thought yeah. he was just a entity like alien or a god no, no, or no. something like that yeah he's the only one that he got it like classic dc superheroes you're either an alien mm. or you're or it's a freak accident yeah that's the two different dc superheroes gotcha so he got bit by a spider so yeah so the spider <laughs> came along like, like the marvel hero yeah um, <laughs> Janie and him, which is his first wife, met while they were scientists together. Uh, he had an accident, and in this accident, it ended up tearing him into pieces. Uh-huh. He was in like this, like deatomized, whatever. De- yeah, in this uh. chamber that they were developing, and it just tore him to pieces. So as time goes on, he slowly starts to learn how to rebuild himself. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because at first it's just his nervous system, like screaming at people, and then he just disappears, like he's a ghost haunting the place. Yeah. And it's him trying to figure out how to build himself again. Yeah. His energy trying to like reform into a body. Right. So eventually he does, and he comes back. He doesn't age now, and he eventually loses uh, Janie to Jan, Janie Janie to this mm-hmm. because she's aging, and he sees the future, and he knows that it, at one of these meetings, Lori's there, mm-hmm. and she's like this young, cute little thing, you know, and and um, he smiles at her, and I and it's because he knows what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. He knows that him and Janie are gonna get, or him and Lori are gonna get together. Yeah, Janie freaks out about this. And then we see that, uh, oh, yeah, we learned that the Vietnamese surrendered to him because he thought he was God. And then we learned that he was the only, him and Comedian are the only ones that were exempt for the Keen Act. Uh, while there, it's amazing because we're jumping around the whole time back and forth from moments when he's like, I'm holding this picture now and I'm here and I'm there. So we're learning, we're really reading this through his point of view. Mm-hmm. At the end, he ends up creating a fortress out of the sand. Uh, so he ends up creating this giant glass fortress that, runs like a clock does like yeah. the, like the watches he used to make with his dad mm-hmm. so it's a giant fortress and that was that's basically just an all manhattan chapter in chapter five now we see uh rorschach's interrogating moloch at his apartment again he thinks that uh moloch shared this list of cancer patients like he leaked it to the press mm-hmm. laurie moves in with dan fully now because the government won't fun- won't 
pay for her apartment anymore now that Manhattan's gone. Yeah. The government's worried now that Manhattan's gone, and her one job is to keep him under control. How long has he gone for? He well, now that he's, I don't know what how my, how long has been. It's been like a couple of days. Oh, okay. But everybody's worried. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like they don't have their defense system anymore. All of a sudden. Exactly. And and right away, Russia's like moving to Afghanistan. Yeah. <laughs> and right away, Russia starts going, and so then some of the side character stuff that, that I'm not reading here. Is this like newspaper? Uh, he sells newspapers on the corner. Mm-hmm. Very cool character to me, honestly. Him and this kid that's reading comic book the whole time. Mm-hmm. And through him, he's reading the newspapers that are coming out, like the, ten- the rising tension in the war. Mm-hmm. And he's kind of like, and at one point, it's a beautiful moment. There's a lot of moments that are like, man, this is a beautiful moment where he's reading like World War Three is here. And this kid keeps coming to borrow the comic book, read it by his newsstand, and put it back so he can sell it. Yeah. He's like, why don't you just keep it, kid? Like, we don't have any much time yeah, it left. Doesn't just keep it doesn't matter. Yeah. Uh, That's crazy. And the movie did a really good job because when things blow up, him and the kid in a pugging wall just yeah, destroys him. God, it's such a good... Anyways, so uh, then we see over in Ozzy's corporation, uh, he's he's in the corporation or whatever, and he's walking down the stairs with his, his uh, secretary. An assassin comes in, attempts to shoot him, ends up hitting the uh, secretary instead, but there was an assassination attempt on Ozzy. So somebody is going around trying to kill all the superheroes, right? Mm-hmm. And then we find out when Rorschach comes in to try to uh, interrogate Moloch, somebody had shot him in the head and was framing Rorschach. Oh, he puts wow. up a good fight, but eventually is captured by the cops and brought to jail. Dang. Yeah. He's being tested by a psychologist once he's in jail. We learn about his his sex worker mother who uh, would eventually be abusive to him and stuff like that because he's like, oh, what's going on in there? Like, oh, no, and, and you know, I'm getting beaten. It's very sad. Um, it's unsafe for him in prison because he put a lot of guys there. Mm-hmm. Him and when him and Night Owl used to be partners back in the day, worked together really tight, and they used to just clean up the streets quite a bit. Yeah. That was before he started to kind of lose it a little bit. He made uh, the transition into uh, Rorschach one night when, God, this is such a sad story, but he was investigating this missing girl. He goes to this uh, apartment and, or this little house or whatever, and he finds her clothes are in like the stove, mm-hmm. like but like when you warm the house with the stove, you know? Yeah. And then he realizes the dogs are chewing on a bone outside and it's the girl's bones. And um, this is something that changed from the comic book in the movie. So in the comic book, um, the guy comes in, he waits for the guy. The guy comes in, he ends up, he ends up killing the dogs and uh, like throwing, I think they throw the dogs at him. Maybe that's just in the movie. He ends up chaining the guy to the house and, and gives him a saw. And he says, you're not gonna have enough time to cut down, cut the the saw or cut the handcuffs. You gotta Mm -hmm. cut your arms. And he burns the house down and kills the guy. Nice. And it's just, uh, and so he says, from that day, I was no longer Walter or whatever. I was Rorschach. Yeah. So it messed him up. Man. Yeah. Uh, Lori now lives with Dan and she's exploring the owl cave. I call it owl cave because it's essentially it's bat cave, but owls now. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and they're talking a lot and stuff like that. Dan doubts that Rorschach is actually a murderer because they used to work together. So he still has you know, a friendship with him. And uh, as time goes on, Lori and Dan end up hooking up, but he can't get up. Like mm-hmm. he can't get harder at all. So nice. it's. He's just, you know, a wimp. <laughs> so, <laughs> they decide to suit up and take the, sh- the ship out, which is called Archie, which is short for Archimedes, Archimedes, which is Merlin's owl. Mm-hmm. So that's where he gets the name. Uh, while out, they end up saving a people people that are in a burning building. It's a really cool scene where we actually see like the maximum night owl and how that works and Lori, how they work together and stuff like that. Yeah. The rush is invig- invigorating and then they finally, you know, brown chicken, brown cow on the ship. So nice. they're all good to go. All right. Chapter eight, try to keep it a little PG so the kids can listen to them. Uh, Chapter eight, Dan and Lori continue. uh, So uh, at the end of this, I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. Dan says, if it's bad to have Rorschach rot rot in jail, we're going to go save him. Yeah. So they're going to do a jailbreak. Chapter eight, we start with the, or they're continuing to plan the jailbreak. uh, And then there's these gangsters that are going to like try to kill Rorschach in jail. Mm -hmm. 
A detective approaches Dan and is asking questions about the fire rescue and the comedian. People are starting to put things together. Mm -hmm. We also get, so throughout the comic book, we get little snippets of what's going on on the island. And they're like sitting there designing this like, they think it's movie effects, like this big squid monster for this movie and stuff like that. So we're sitting there. One of the guys that are designing things is the writer of the comic book that we see within there too, the, the tales of the uh, Black Freighter. So there's, that's just a little side thing I think is important that we do mention at some point. Mm -hmm. uh, Night Owl and Lori, they end up breaching the, yeah, they end up breaching their prison and they break him out essentially. Yeah. And it's right. this awesome har harrowing, you know, breakout. But uh, when I watched the, I watched the movie last night. So I was like, I'm fresh on the movie too. Actually, it was like, oh man, I might be thinking of the movie too much now because I just watched <laughs> it last night after reading this for a couple weeks. Um, but in the book, it's something that people complain about a lot is in the book it was like let's get him in we barely got him let's get out we're safe in the movie it's like you guys are badass superheroes they're all like batman right now you guys are doing cool tricks uh -huh. but you're not hero heroes you're not actually super yeah you're just guys that wear costumes so yeah. you're the, firefighters with a different purpose exactly so they kind of make them too powerful in this in the movies scene so you yeah. know kind of got to scale that back a little bit mm -hmm. when they finally get back and they got rorschach and like that manhattan projects himself there mm -hmm. and uh and says, hey, I need to take Lori away. Lori agrees. And so Lori is now going to be on Mars with him for a while. And the, the police charge into Dan's apartment. And then Dan and Rorschach escape on Ar um, Archie. So now they're wanted. And the public learns that... This is so sad. Oh, God. Another good moment. The public learns that Night Owl broke in and broke and got uh, Rorschach. Some of the thugs are upset. And they said, oh, I think Night Owl wrote that book, didn't he? Yeah, he lives down there. He's He's over there. He's a mechanic now. They break into the old Night Owl's apartment, the old man, oh, man. and beat him to death. Wow, that's yeah. messed up. With his statue of like, from like, um, you know, like for, being a, or something. for yeah. being a good citizen or whatever. Wow. They kill him with it. Oh, it was so heartbreaking. That sucks. Yeah. That's why you can't fall in love with anybody. Especially if you're uh, Yeah, really Game of Thrones me. <laughs> yeah. Okay, chapter nine, which I, f I feel like is the pinnacle of this entire book. So mm -hmm. um, in chapter nine, it's just Lorian Manhattan on Mars the entire time. Mm -hmm. And this is peak mind messing with okay so i'm gonna kind of give you an idea but I, I was like i'm putting these checks and then this one i just said all oh, all of this needs to be talked about so i'm just showing you my notes gotcha um so Lori's on mars they're talking and what needs to happen is Lori is needs to convince manhattan that it's important that he saves humanity from itself right now because yeah. they're about to go to war and he could just make it all go away mm -hmm. and right now he's tired of humanity they're blaming him for cancer and everything like that so he needs he's trying to free himself and he sees a lot bigger picture than what the people see right exactly. he's thinking like so he well, keeps telling her after you guys kill each other and everybody suffers for you know 30 50 100 years then society ends up being really good or something like that like he sees the, the grand even scheme. bigger than that he's like if all of humanity is gone it won't even register on the galactic scale of what's going That's on true, yeah and he's like, and one thing is beautiful is he's going through. He ends up lifting up his castle into like a ship, and they're flying around Mars, and he's showing her Mars. Mm -hmm. And he's like, "Look at these these. I, there's all kinds of facts about Mars I didn't know. They were pretty amazing." <laughs> mm -hmm. But he's like, "Look at this volcano. It's the size of Montana. Isn't that gorgeous?" Stuff like that. He's like, "Yeah, but there are people that are being hurt and stuff like that." So while so from Manhattan's side right now, he's trying to explain how wonderful the galaxy is and how pity pitiful mankind is that it's not yeah. really needed. But he still um, doesn't understand human emotions. He forgot them all, yeah. yeah. So he doesn't really, he's not getting that. Now, the impactful side, side of this conversation is Lori. Mm -hmm. Lori is trying to explain to him, like, look, through my, because now we're getting her point of view. Everybody's got their own stories, right? So this is Lori's. We're learning that, you know, I tried hard. My mom, she was a, an adventurer, which is a lot of times what they call themselves, not heroes, adventurers. Yeah. Um, which is so Venture Brothers. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I followed in her footsteps. And there was this time I used to like the comedian, but then I found out the truth, yada, yada, mm -hmm. yada. So the story's going on, and what's beautiful is as it's going on, she's starting to realize that there's a reason 
that the comedian had said certain things and that the mom, you know, blah, 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 blah. What it is is the comedian ended up being her dad. Uh, After the rape attempt, the mom went back to him. And so that's why she, she never... always kind of defended him a little bit. She yeah. can never truly hate him. And at the, I think the movie's the only one that does this part. At the end, she's like, the reason I can never hate him is because he gave me you. Mm-hmm. So she ended up going back to him. And it's this kind of thing where it clicks in Manhattan and it clicks in the reader as well because... It's like, holy cow. So Manhattan stops and he says, there are no miracles. I don't believe in miracles is what he says. But then at the end of her realization, and she ends up like shattering his his castle and stuff like that in this yeah. moment. It's a beautiful moment. And he stops. He's like, there are miracles. Because of all the random, and, I, and he just he does such a better job than me, but of all the random, you know, atoms in the world and stuff like that, mm-hmm. two people that hate each other, like your mom and the comedian, they get together and, and it has to be you that comes out. Mm-hmm. Of all the crazy atoms that have to happen to create you, mm-hmm. you come out of such impossible situations. There's a person like you, and so she is the miracle. Just like, and but she's saying like everybody's like that, mm-hmm. and he's like exactly. Earth is full of miracles. It's worth saving. Mm-hmm. And That's so, crazy. Oh, it's so good. That chapter right there, I think, could be pulled out and given to anybody who needs to know if this book is good or not. Because it's just the way it's written. It's that conversation between the two of them, pretty much. It's just that. And it's so wonderful. The visuals, of course, are great. I learned a lot about Mars. It's pretty amazing. (laughs) There is actually a smiley face on Mars. I didn't know that. I ended up looking that up afterwards. Really? Yeah. Because there's like, at the end, you see like the smiley face on Mars as they're pulling out. And I'm like, wait a minute. He was just showing facts about Mars. Did he make that smiley face? No, that actually exists on Mars. It's pretty neat. That's crazy. Yeah. So, um, really impactful story or a chapter where we kind of get the. We see that uh, Manhattan's coming back to save humanity, even though everybody thinks he's causing cancer. Mm-hmm. And Lori now knows uh, the truth about her father. So we get into chapter 10. We only have two more to go. Things are getting really heated. The world is preparing for war. Nixon's mm-hmm. ready to go. We're DEFCON 1. Uh, Dan and Rorschach are uh, hidden in Archie. They're kind of like just trying to like stay away from the police. Mm-hmm. They continue to research who's behind the mystery that's like killing off all these heroes. And then we see that Ozzy is setting up like all these TVs. He has like this Antarctic base and he's setting up this wall of TVs and we don't know really what's going on there. Dan and Rorschach, they learned that the comedian, he just knew too much is why he was killed, mm-hmm. which is kind of what we got when we found out that he went to go cry to Moloch. Yeah. So we knew that we kind of like, okay, there's this island he knows about. Somebody wants him dead for that. So now the, the characters are caught up with the readers. Rorschach and Dan find out. So they end up going to this pyramid corporation or whatever, and they end up like doing some research. And Rorschach and Dan, they end up finding out that Ozzy's behind everything. Ozzy, so, oh, really? Yeah, one oh, of the heroes. Oh, wow. And Rorschach has been sending, and there's a little side note I want to make sure to mention. And he, they're going to go confront him at his Antarctic base now. But beforehand, we make sure it's the final point where these journals, he's been sending them to the uh, newspaper. And uh, the newspaper just kind of throws them in a pile. They call it the crank pile. Yeah. It's a pile of like whatever nonsense yeah, stories, you know. All the crazy people's letters. Exactly. And so, uh, I'm just checking the time. We're at 43 minutes in talking about Watchmen. <laughs> um, it's such a good one. Uh, in chapter 11, we see that, uh, we see how Ozzy's life, how he grew up. And it's funny because everybody else is like much more personal stories. Ozzy's life, he starts off with saying like, yeah, my parents died early. I thought I was dumb. Or everybody says I'm smart, but I didn't think I was smart. And then he sees, he talks about, Alexander more Alexander the Great he like modeled his life out of Alexander and yada 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 and he really worships him mm-hmm. and then as they show up so Dan and, and uh, Rorschach get there finally a really cool adventure as they get there and they start they attack Ozzy but Ozzy quickly beats the hell out of him he's just so much smarter than them he might be also a superpowers because he is very quick we learn on later on that he he's also super has fast. a lot of technology though right he has a lot of technology yeah. yeah yeah and he's been working with Manhattan to develop a lot of technology oh, so okay. he's, he kind of has that going he's for him more, too. more like Stark tech than the other guys exactly gotcha. yeah um, okay, so 
And then Ozzy reveals that he learned from uh, the comedian that the rules are gray and the world uh, needs sa- uh, needed saving. So mm-hmm. back when we they had that meeting, remember in the funeral when he was looking back to when they had the meeting and the comedian burned that map saying it's all going to be gone. Yeah. Ozzy was the only one that was really paying attention to that situation mm-hmm. because he was saying like, you'll be the smartest person of cinders. Yeah. And, and Ozzy was like, I have to do something to save this planet. I can't worry about this piddly stuff anymore. So that's when Ozzy started his master plan. And so, uh, his grand plan was this. He made this island. He mm-hmm. put all these artists and everything on there. He told them they're going to be making this big movie uh, um, special effects thing. Yeah. And what it was was this like Cthulhu-like giant alien-looking monster with tentacles and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I'm a little shady on the details, but I, apparently he was going to blow up as well. Like uh-huh. it had, He put like a psychic's brain in there and stuff like that. was going to blow up. He was going to transport that, teleport that, into the middle of New York City. And then... It would kill a bunch of people with the explosion when it came in. And I'm not sure if it's going to be an alien attack or a different dimensions alien attack. We're going to call it alien. Yeah. It's going to come in and it's going to destroy this, half the city. Yeah. Both, every country in the world will see that and like, holy shit, aliens are real and they're yeah. coming for us. Uh, we got to stop the war and be prepared for this alien thing. Everybody will band together to fight a common enemy. Yeah. And so there are people, and then Dan, of course, Dan and, and Rorschach are like, that's impossible. You kill a bunch of people and stuff like that. You'll never have, this plane will never work. And he says... The plan will work. It started 35 minutes ago. Oh, wow. They got there too late. The monster's already there. He already destroyed half of New York. Wow. Yeah. So then Rorschach... So, I'm sorry. And then in New York, it's in ruins. Mm-hmm. And Manhattan and Laura show up and see, like, the devastation. And Manhattan and uh, um, Rory are now upset. And Manhattan feels like this is his his fault. He couldn't see this part because of the the monster itself. Like, in teleportation, it had, like... I think it was tachyon, tachyon particles. It was messing up his... Um, tachyon. Tachyon, thank you. Mm-hmm. Star Trek. Yep. And, <laughs> and it messed up his thing. So he couldn't see this far into the future. Uh. And uh, so then they go to the uh, to Ozzy's base. They, they approach Ozzy, you know, and uh, he ends up vaporizing Manhattan in this like x-ray machine thing. Mm-hmm. I think it was actually the teleportation machine. And then Laurie shoots Ozzy, but he catches the bullet. So that's why I think he might have super speed. Yeah. Because he catches it with like two fingers and it's like really cool. Hmm. Manhattan eventually he reforms outside as a giant and he's telling him like that's the first trick I learned is how to reform because earlier when he was oh that's how, out he, his how he created system. himself yeah. yeah he's about to be destroyed by a giant Manhattan and then Ozzy like turns on all the TVs uh-huh. and dude it's so freaking heartbreaking all the TVs are news stations with uh Nick President Nixon on there explaining that us and the Russians are now working together. We are afraid of this threat, this alien threat. The world is now at peace. We've signed the peace treaty. We will make sure to, to, to be prepared for this alien threat and stuff like that. And uh, three million people have died, but everybody's united. And Ozzy's plan worked. And so he explains that you guys can't expose me because then It'll this goes war. away. Yeah. And and what goes from three million people is dead to the world is dead. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, it's crazy, it's crazy. you know? I'm kind of going off of my notes now because it's like, just... Couldn't you made a plan, though, that doesn't kill so many people? <laughs> just right. show an alien ship or something like that and launch a rocket into the ocean or something. Right. Blow up a volcano somewhere. Lori and Dan agree that they can't do anything about it. Like yeah. they're, But they're kind of both those characters that are like, we're humans in a god world right now, yeah. so they can't do anything about it. Manhattan understands the logic behind it and says, yeah, that was probably the right way to go. I'm not <laughs> happy about it. I think he even says, like, I don't agree with the methods or something like that, but I'm happy But it's pretty, it. pretty smart, pretty effective. Yeah. Rorschach says, bullshit, everybody needs to know. And starts walking out to tell <laughs> yeah. everybody. And it's so sad because then... Ro- said, Don't expose him, just go ahead and kill him quietly in the back. <laughs> well, it, uh, Manhattan understands it. No, you can't be 
we can't let you go tell everybody. It'll ruin everything. So Manhattan goes outside mm -hmm. and Rorschach, you know, he's telling, he even takes off his face is what he calls it, his mask because that's his real face. Yeah. He takes off his face and he says, I got to tell him. And he says, you can't, you know, he says, then you need to do it. You need to take me out because I'm going to go tell him. Mm -hmm. And so he's like yelling at him like, kill me, kill me. And finally Manhattan just vaporizes him into pieces mm -hmm. and he's dead. So Rorschach was killed. Um, the are, only... you, are you sure he's dead though or did he teleport him? No, no, no. He is very dead. Yeah, uh, yeah. Because it's like, he doesn't it... vaporize him. He like, it's he like, atomizes him. Yeah, but blood and guts are left behind. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Pink mist. So Dan and Lori, they get together now and they're finally going to be happy. Manhattan is happy about it. We do see him kind of walk up on them like sleeping together. Mm -hmm. uh, Manhattan decides to leave this galaxy for a simpler one, he says, possibly create his own life. Mm. So he's going to go off and try to do his own thing. Nice. Which I think is going to lead into Doomsday Clock. I haven't read much of the Do or any of the Doomsday Clock stuff yet, but I yeah. think that's going to be what happens. Yeah. While okay, so now we're kind of like everything's good. Now we're past this event in hiding. We see that Lori and Dan have changed their looks and their lives. Now they're going to be uh, Mister and Mrs. Hollis, which is the name of the very first night owl and kind of uh, mm -hmm. you know honor of him. Nice. And then uh, the final scene of the comic book, mm -hmm. which is so freaking good scene, we see that the newspaper doesn't have anything to write because everybody's at peace. So he says, well, pull something out of the crank file. And the oh. junior guy gets Rorschach's journals. Oh, man. Which reveals everything. So we don't know how well this piece is going to go. Uh, that's it, guys. That's Watchmen. Okay. Mm -hmm. The comic book. I can't urge you guys to read this enough. It, I'd never read it before. I never knew how good it was. And it shook me. I mean, I, it's been in my brain for the last couple of weeks now because I've read this thing. Uh, and now I've been reading a bunch of stuff on it. So so the show that's coming out, is it going to start that story over from the beginning? Or it's it like 20, to... 30 years after that. Oh, so after those files start get, to get published in the there, news. There is a cult that are all like Rorschach fanatics. So they might believe like, oh, Rorschach was the truth. And everybody else just put it like, oh, he's a nut job. And these yeah. are all fake. But there might be a cult that believes it's real. And they're like mm -hmm. out to kill, you know, uh, Oz, Ozzy or whatever. Yeah. Um. Mm -hmm. So let me kind of break down what wasn't in there. So we didn't have the Black Freighter. I didn't talk about the Black Freighter comics. Yeah. This was a comic book within this comic book series that was about... um. This man who was in a shipwreck, he thinks that there's going to be this basically ghost ship going to go for his town. So he's trying to struggle to get back to his town to warn everybody. Mm -hmm. When he, in the process of getting there, I mean, it is gross. He's like makes his raft out of the dead bodies of his of his crewmen because they're buoyant. And then <laughs> while they're going, he's attacked by sharks, and then he kills one of the sharks and makes that kind of like is living on the shark too. And um, it's just a terrible situation. He's eating raw seagulls and stuff like Don't that. Don't dead bodies eventually sink? These ones don't. These ones are great. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think what it is too, he actually talks about like they're inflating them full of gas. And oh, so he's God. using that. Yeah, it's really great. That's tight. Yeah. <laughs> so he finally gets to his hometown and he's like, I'm too late. I took too long. They're already attacked by the dead. So he's thinking there's like a lot of demons or whatever spirits that are around. So he's sitting there and like this, this couple comes up and he's like, oh, it's how did they, this is the merchant that I know from town. How did he escape the demons path? He must be working with them. I have to kill him. So he kills these two and he gets into town. And he finds his family, he thinks there's a demon in there, and he ends up killing this woman that's in there, and ends up being his wife. Oh, man. And his children are like, Dad, what's going on? And the mom's like, dear, while she's bleeding out. The town's freaking out because, oh, my God, we just found these two dead bodies, too. What's going on? And there's this killer in town, mm -hmm. and it's this pirate, and this captain. So then he escapes, and he's realizing that I'm the demon that was coming in. Mm -hmm. And and I have to, and he sees, but then when he gets out there, he sees the ship that's out there, and it was just standing there waiting for him. So then he just starts swimming out to the, to the ship, and he goes up there to join the crew. And so that story within a story is supposed to be representing Ozzy, and this whole situation of like, I have to be the demon to stop the greater the problem. I don't like it. I think it breaks up the story too much. And in the movie, yeah. it's very bad. It's not a very good image, a very good uh, 
not foreshadowing, but mirroring of the story? Personally, I think it's not too good. But mm -hmm. people that are like, you know, like when this is like your favorite thing in the world, there are people that are like Game of Thrones about this. Um, they will worship these this comic within a comic. So I feel yeah. like I'm also not getting it as well as they do. So I just want to kind of throw that out there. You know, it's it's okay. Um, but yeah, so let's talk about the. We'll go briefly over the movie and the TV show we got coming up, and then we'll go over some regular news. Mm -hmm. But the last bit of uh, comic book club, uh, the movie that came out of this came out in 09. Some of the pros is they, it was Zack Snyder. I think he did an excellent job in this. He did a lot of these like slow motion moments that were really cool. The opening scene yeah. is fantastic. With the comedian dying or flying out the window. Well, even, I think it's even before that, or maybe it is after that. It's the credits where it shows like the passage of time where they keep taking like pictures together. And so you see like the passage of time. Oh, yeah. But it shows like these like old Adam West era Batmans that are kind yeah. of in there. Um, we see uh, it has really great soundtrack. Uh, it's it's the most accurate thing ever in a comic book adaptation because uh, Zack Snyder took the pages from the comic books and cut them out and used them as a storyboard for the movie. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So uh, many spots of the movie are not only like the exact image that you see in the comic book. Yeah. Like you're like that whole conversation was word for word out of the comic book. That's cool. It's a trip to the point where somebody brought this up online when the mobsters are trying to kill Rorschach in jail mm -hmm. they're in the movie, they're using this like big saw to like cut through this, the bars. Mm -hmm. But in the comic book, they're using a torch. Yeah. And the, the guy that's trying to get in there to kill him is like, I can't wait to smell your, your flesh burning or something or cooking your flesh or whatever. Yeah. In the movie, they say the same thing, but they're using the saw. They're not using that. <laughs> so it's kind of like, they just want to copy the script. Exactly. Yeah. So it was pretty interesting. There's extras of course, but yeah, the CGI is top notch. I mean, all the Manhattan effects are fantastic. Yeah. The big change is, uh, some of the cons, uh, the big change I don't like is instead of this like monster, which I think probably wouldn't look as good, wouldn't make as much sense. Yeah. They just made it to where um, Ozzy's using the uh, technology to like mimic Manhattan's power signatures. Mm -hmm. And he put a bunch of bombs off in New York and Hong Kong and stuff like that. Killed a bunch of people, 15 million in the movie mm -hmm. using an ability that looked like Manhattan's ability. Yeah. So now Russia and US are teaming together to stop Manhattan. Yeah. So it's kind of like... um. It's not as cool. Yeah. Because then it's like, Manhattan can't come back. He can't be here ever again. Yeah, now he's the alien threat that they're trying to destroy. Exactly. Um, and I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. Uh, let's see. A lot of the characters are, you know, the biggest problem too, I'll just say my biggest negative is from the movies, is everybody has superpowers. And yeah. they're not supposed to have superpowers. Hmm. Uh, they're just, they're really good fighters. But yeah, the budget for this movie was $130 million and made $185 million. Not good. That's yeah. worldwide. Yeah. That's really not good. Uh, some of the good actors that we had in it, Jackie Earl Haley, he played Rorschach. Interesting fact about him, he was the only actor that actually read the books beforehand. Hmm. And he, when he heard that Watchmen was being made in the movie, he pled to be Rorschach. He yeah. actually went to the to the like I gotta be this studios. guy. He's like I gotta be Rorschach, and he's the exit casting. Everybody in the casting is really good. Hmm. Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan plays the comedian. He's uh, Negan in, in Walking Dead. Uh, Patrick Wilson, he's the one that plays Dan. Uh, we also have uh, 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 Malin Ackerman. She plays uh, Lori. And then the uh, last one that's of note is Matthew Good plays Adrian Vite or um, Ozzy. So it's a really good cast. Some uh, interesting trivia from this. Uh, we have the uh, all the U.S. flags. I mentioned this before. Have 51 stars is because in the storyline we took over Vietnam. Mm -hmm. In the opening scenes, we see the original Night Owl like punching some guy in a in a uh, alleyway, and in the posters are Batman actual Batman posters. Nice. What we see on the other side is a rich man and wife hmm. being saved. So it's believed that it was Zack Snyder saying he stopped the Waynes from being killed 
So there was no need for Batman in this universe. Interesting. Yeah. And I like, it was kind of like, there's a Zack Snyder special little teaser in there, especially since later on Zack Snyder would make Batman movies. It was yeah. pretty interesting. Huh. Um, and then, yeah, the last little bit I mentioned before is that he used the actual comic book as storyboards, which is revolutionary. I wish That's people cool. would do it more often. Right. Uh, what's premiering today is going to be the Watchmen television show. It's on HBO. Uh, it's going to be written by, or it's written by Damon Leidenloff. Oof, that's a name for sure. <laughs> He's a writer on Lost. Not great, but he also wrote the new Star Treks. That's mm, good. Yeah, it's phenomenal. It's got a really good cast in it. Uh, notably is Don Johnson. He's playing a character named Judd Crawford. While we don't know who that is, because this is going to be taking place 20 or 30 years in the future, right? Mm -hmm. From the comic books, not the movie. Um, we don't know who Drud Crawford is, but man, that guy looks like he should be playing a Dan. So I'm hoping he comes out to be Dan with, with a new name. Nice. Uh, some other notable characters that we know from the comic books. Jeremy Irons is playing Adrian Veidt. So he's probably going to be Ozzy, the guy that ended up having the master plan. And Jeremy Irons is Scar. So, and he's in uh, a Die Hard 3. Yeah. So th these guys are going to be well-aged. So these could easily be the original characters 30 years down the road. Right? Jeremy Irons is playing Veidt. So he's, oh, yeah, yeah. you know. He's like. 60, 70 years Adrian old. Adrian Veidt. Yeah, so he should be he should be the one. Mm -hmm. um, okay, and then there was one more I wanted to make sure to mention. God, why can't... Oh, I must not have copied her name. Shoot. Okay. Uh, Lori is in this, mm -hmm. and what's cool is her new name in the show is going to be Lori, uh, Lori Blake. Mm -hmm. Really wish I didn't stutter that. <laughs> the reason that's awesome is that's the comedian's last name. Oh, really? So she took the comedian's last name after wow. finding out that that's the dad. I know, it's so messed up yeah. and fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's funny because that whole scenario just it reflects how screwed up humanity is. But at the same time, like like they were saying, it's a miracle that that we even exist the way we do with as messed up as we as yeah. people we are. But I don't know. It's like wabasa wabasa wasabi wabasabi. Yeah, wabi sabi. I think it is that's from what it King is. of the Hill. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so that's basically it. Watchmen. I think guys, it's it's the turning point in comic books before we go to mature literature. Uh, fantastic story. If you guys haven't read it, I know this is kind of like we picked our first comic book is possibly the most important comic book in history. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it was a biggie and it was very deep and complex. So if you're a Watchmen fan already, you're mm -hmm. like, well, Frank, you are missing so many things. Yeah, no doubt. It's that good. Um, but if you're not a, comic, a Watchmen fan and you're like, oh, I need a good comic book to get into, this is a good one to get into. Um, again, I bought it for $9, uh, $10 cause it was a half off sale on my local comic book store. You can normally get it for $19.99. Uh, there is a reprint to that 2019 version. Mm -hmm. Do me a favor. Go to your local comic book shop. If you want to buy that, don't buy it off of Amazon or anything like that. Go to the local comic book shop. There is a sequel. They're already putting together in a binding that looks just like this, except for it has Batman on the front now. Hmm. It's called uh doomsday clock. I think has it Batman is. on the front because it's the sequel about everything tying together with the new story. You know, we were just talking about how like... But it's going to tie in with Batman? It's... Oh, yeah. So, essentially, Man I won't get into the details because I know them all very well. But apparently what I think is Manhattan's the reason New 52 existed. Oh. Okay. And then when they did Rebirth, it was like undoing Manhattan's mess up. Gotcha. And so, uh, Flash and Batman, I was reading the beginning of those. But essentially, like, they find out that Manhattan's been toying with everything. Mm, so, yeah. it's bringing Watchmen into the current Batman world. Or uh, DC world. Oh, yeah. So, so if... I mean, I know the show is going to come out and it's going to be a show and not a movie, but do you think they would consider making a Watchmen movie in the DC Black Label? Uh, you know, you what's funny? Uh, well, what's funny is they did and it was Watchmen 2009. I mean, it was it was dark. It was gritty. Yeah. It was so accurate. Maybe we just weren't ready for it back then. Well, I, I did some research on that because I was like, how did this movie do so bad? I mean, yeah. really, it didn't make enough profit to be worth it for them because yeah. they got to make a lot more than this yeah. for that money they put into it. 
the movies that came out at the in that year were like also this was the 31st highest grossing movie of the year which is yeah. awful yeah the movies ahead of it were like avatar i mean it was a oh, really yeah. big That's year phenomenal i mean i remember now nobody watches avatar but at the end that year we i saw it three times i mean it was huge yeah there's all kinds of big movies Tra- one of the transformers came out i mean it was like just a cgi overload yeah and worst of all, the year before this one, which was on hot everybody's brain, was The Dark Knight mm-hmm. with Heath Ledger's Joker and the first Iron Man. So the very first MCU movie. Hmm. Real bad time to make a superhero movie because they got it. <laughs> they yeah, nailed it. You're in their shadow. You're in their shadow the whole time. Hmm. So I think this came out at the wrong time. I think if it had come out today and take out the damn pirate stuff, please. I mean, it just yeah. slows it down. So it's like it gets to like a peak action moment. And they're like, I'm adrift on the ocean. I'm like, no. Yeah. And we, <laughs> see, we see so much stuff with heroes that have superpowers that are so much greater than any of these it's so much greater than than uh like we see superman and stuff that yeah uh marvel's got a whole bunch of them x-men especially has got just you can cgi the shit out of powers yeah but it would be really cool to see a movie with a bunch of batmans who don't have powers and see the you know see the realistic exactly people trying to survive on the streets and make their crappy city a little bit safer a little bit better yeah, exa- Dan, it's funny because Dan is such a sad sack in this. He's he's a night owl. Yeah. Um, and he's like fully retired and fine with it. But he's the one you relate to the most, I think, personally myself. Yeah. Because he's the kind of guy that's just like, yeah, I come home, I got like a cat or whatever, and I'm cool. Yeah. And, you know, he visits the old night owl. He's just kind of like reminiscing about the good old days. Mm-hmm. But he also doesn't, he mentions to the original night owl, I was like, oh, do you miss the good old days? Do you want to ever wear the suit again? He's like, no, I'm good, honestly. My life's fine. Yeah. He's not excited about it. Like that. He finally ramps up to seeing that it's worth saving humanity. Mm-hmm. But it's that's what it is. It's not like He's not doing my it for parents were killed in an alley and I got to make sure to avenge him. It's not about yeah. that. It's like, I just, I wanted to help. Yeah. yeah. So it's really cool. Um, any final thoughts on Watchmen after getting the full spiel that, now, well, everything. Well, now that you explained it so much detail, I'm like, man, I should really go rewatch the movie because it's been so long. Yeah. I remember the movie, but I don't remember the the details of the story. And so, yeah, now I'm, I, I definitely yeah. want to go watch the movie before the series comes out. There's three cuts, theatrical directors and ultimate cut. And I just watched the ultimate cut. Yeah. I, and of course at the time I watched theatrical, the DVD I have, I think is the big box one that has three. Okay. I think it has all, all three of those in it. I couldn't tell you what the difference in all of them. I would watch the ultimate cut. If I were you, it makes for a three and a half hour movie. Yeah. And about 25, 25 or 28 of them is that pirate stuff. Yeah. And I, I just told you basically the whole stuff. Yeah, honestly, I just don't think, I think it slows down the movie itself. Yeah. If you're a loyalist to Watchmen, you're upset if by me saying to get rid of it, but I'm <laughs> telling you, you don't need it. Yeah. I so. gotcha. But yeah, I, I, and read this if you ever want to, or check out the motion comics too. The motion comics are fantastic. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting to see. All right, guys, that's it for our comic book club. Our very first one. Our next one will be uh flash flashpoint. Hmm. Right. Is that a flashpoint? I think it's a flashpoint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that'll be coming up. We'll probably be doing that mid-December. Who's reading that one? Scripts? That's me too. I give, oh. I give you guys plenty of cushion. Oh, man. Okay. I knew you guys are, are not, you know, as I, much in the comics as I am. I haven't started reading mine yet. Uh, well, Daniel's on top of it. He's like really, he's he got two. He's not sure if he wants to do Hellblazer or or uh, The Long Halloween. So he's doing both right now. Good. <laughs> I'm like, hey, props, man. We'll, we'll do two of them. I don't mind. I'm sure the fans won't mind. So that'll yeah. be good. Uh, if there's anything you guys think we should change about how we do Comic Book Club, this is our very first one. Yeah. And we went deep. I mean, we went with a big one. It <laughs> won't be as much story as this one was. Clearly, this was probably about three times as much story as a normal comic book series that we were going to be reviewing. Mm-hmm. But let us know. We're, we want to talk about these comic books. They're so important. The ones that we pick. And this one, of course, was very high on that list. Uh, but yeah, I think that's about it for Watchmen. Then we'll go into some news and then we'll, we'll head out. So, first up on the news, the PS5 dev kits got out there. 
So what this is, is the developers that make um, the games for the PS5, essentially, they get uh -huh. a dev kit. So it's like a dummy PS5. Oh, yeah. It doesn't look as fancy. Just to demo it, right? Just so they could develop the games on it. Okay, yeah. Right? Uh, the one that comes out goes out there, and a lot of people are saying this is going to be the real thing because the patent was passed on it. It's like this V-shaped thing. It's so ugly. It's really, really ugly. But anyways, uh, it gets it got out there. Uh, yeah, we have some technical supports on or uh, some some news on it. Uh, so far, we know it's coming out holidays 2020. Has an AMD Ryzen CPU and a Navi uh, GPU. Uh, there's gonna be no hard drive in it, so it's gonna be all this like solid state stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's gonna have a hundred gigabyte Blu-ray drive, so that so it'll be like double layered Blu-rays that it's gonna use in there. It will have a disc drive, so that tells you that. Uh, that's um, good. One of the little teases that got leaked out there uh, is that it will be fully backwards compatible. Finally. Please continue to do that. We hate to waste our money on products that we can't use once we get the new thing. Yeah. This is according to PS PSE Rebus. Uh, he's a leaker for PlayStation. He actually did leak like The Last of Us release dates and stuff like that. So his information has been accurate. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he leaked this thing and, and he was saying like, don't get rid of any of your guys' old PlayStation games. They're all coming back. So yeah. that'd be pretty huge. Um, was is there, when you buy a new game right now, do you do you like register it online with your receipt and stuff? Yeah, it's added to your library and stuff. Okay, because like that. yeah, that's yeah. what I figured. Is, that seems like the future, real real quick now. But I mean, it's still nice to have backwards compatible games where you still have the disc. But and I think for most people, myself included, when there's a new game coming out, I'm buying it digitally. Yeah, because I'd rather just. Ha it's a lot easier just to fire up, you know, Red Dead. Instead of like, oh, where's my disc? Oh, I got to switch out discs. It's yeah. like, I'll just play it. A know? scratch can totally ruin your game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, my God. I remember so well, you take it to GameStop or Dimple Records, if you remember, mm. and they could repair them for you. They had like a yeah. machine that would polish them in the back. Yeah. Or you could just put peanut butter in there and do the same. Um, uh, Vice journalist Patrick Klebeck recently suggested something uh, uh, complimentary during a new episode of the Waypoint Radio. So this is a podcast he was on. During the podcast, uh, he claimed that the PS5 will focus... Uh, just as much on the past PlayStation as it is for its future, suggesting a major focus on backwards compatibility. So um, this was the vice journalist that was like saying that the new PlayStation, they're actually going to be developing, uh, bettering their old library. Mm, so That's awesome. Yeah. Is there any old games that you, of the PlayStation life that you would want to play? I mean, I liked all the Halos and Call of Duties. That's Call of Duty, yeah, but Halo was Xbox. Oh, only on Xbox? They never put them yeah. on PlayStation? Oh, oh man, you're not supposed to go to Geek Podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, because we always, I always had an Xbox. Well, I always had an Xbox, yeah. We, I, we, well, had, we had a PS2. We had a PS1 and PS2, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just saw online and that we you We got could, a PS3 so late that it was you, not worth it. Yeah, you could buy a PS1 new in box. I just saw one online, like the original PS1. Is it the PS Mini? No. Oh, wow. Right. The same gray one like we used to have. Yeah, I think you might be looking at a PS Mini, though. Because they, they look like the same exact everything. It's oh. just smaller and has 20 loaded games. We're bringing one actually to uh, Sacramento Gaming Expo. That's probably what I saw. I was really surprised to see it like in plastic and stuff. I want to say it was on Facebook Marketplace or something though. Maybe, maybe. But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. But those minis, are, they're pretty cheap because they ended up messing up how they, they put them in PAL or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, but we'll be bringing one to the Expo so people can be playing nice. some. Nice. That or uh, we're bringing the N64. Yeah, but I played mostly Xbox games, so I, I don't know of any specific uh, PlayStation games I'd want to... Yeah, SOCOM was really good on those old PlayStation games. Yeah. Spyro, to me, I'd, I'd love to play oh, the old yeah. Spyros. Um, we, I played that more on N64, right? No. Isn't that what we had Spyro on? PS1. Was it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, we had... Uh, what was that Name snowboard game? Name one PlayStation title. <laughs> uh, Tony Hawk. The Spider-Man game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, the man, that was good. The PS1 yeah. Spider-Man game was yeah. fantastic. But, that's like that's what introduced me to Carnage. Mm, is that that game? Yeah, that's a good one. And the symbiotes. Yeah, 
But if they, I think it's a great idea to be like releasing new uh, skin packages or updated graphics and stuff like that for your old games. So people who already bought them, it costs you money to make content that you're giving out for free. Well, it doesn't even necessarily have to be free. If you want to play a game that you've had for 10 years with an updated package, you don't pay $5 or whatever. And they could just go through it and up and enhance what was already there. So like, for example, when I play my N64 on my, you know, I mean, a very high def TV. Yeah. It looks like garbage. <laughs> Way worse than it used to, I think, to myself. Yeah. But that's because it's upscaling everything and stuff like that. So they can make sure it cleans and looks as clean as possible. Yeah. Well, because nowadays, I'm pretty sure with the, you know, where modern technology is, uh, your disc isn't playing the disc anymore. You're reading it as a key to load and stream. The right. When I get a new Xbox online. game, I install it. Yeah. And then playing off of that. But like this new PlayStation, new PlayStation with its backwards compatibility is probably going to be doing the same thing. Probably. It's probably not playing that game off the disc. That's it's what just the a key. Xbox does now. It'll, you could use that same way where I'll do the key and then you actually are playing off of a download they have. Yeah. So you don't even have to really put any patches or anything like that. The game they stream to your system will just be the updated version yeah. or you get the choice probably. But it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty good. The last bit on PS5 is the controller. Uh, supposedly the patent for it just got leaked. Um, according to a German website, uh, Tectastic, that's a fun name to be, I have to say all the time. Could you imagine? <laughs> Tectastic. Uh, this was a patent registered with the World Intellectual Property Organization, and it shows the PS5 controller. And one of the big things is that it'll actually be connected to the internet instead of to the control, to the uh, system itself. Yeah. Isn't Much that like how, Google Stadia. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Isn't that how Stadia is? Yeah. That's kind of cool. Cause I mean, it's like, uh, well, you don't have a, you don't have a cord and it's got, you know, a wireless connection but is it it's a wi-fi to your router yeah or is that, it that's a, what i'm cellular connection no 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 i'm assuming it's gonna go to your router yeah so okay. i'm sure it's gonna be because they're assuming everybody's gonna be all fully wi-fied out yeah which you know right now most, most people are most people are yeah except for our parents <laughs> so i'm wondering because it's if it's not it's not like stadia because you actually have a console so what uh, yeah, benefits i'm not do you sure why that? it does that I, you can save i imagine if you're going to your buddy's house to play the same game on his system you bring your controller and it has all your saves and stuff in it they might be creating a way for you to be able to play on the TV too, or play or, or on your computer or something like that. They yeah. might be trying to do what Stadia oh, does. Yeah, a way to get rid of the console yeah. itself, but that's shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. I'm not really sure why that exists. Yeah, but no. I mean, if you don't connect Wi-Fi like that, then you're still wirelessly connecting it to the console. So either way, yeah, either way, you're not going to have cords anymore. Right. But yeah, it just seems like an unnecessary step. But yeah, the technology is available for it, so why not? And right now we're in all leak phase, so a lot of the stuff might be debunked later on or something like that, yeah. but we're just kind of showing you guys from what we've heard from, you know, this is just from a German newspaper. Mm -hmm. uh, next up, we have Netflix will be animating Jeff Smith's acclaimed comic book, Bone. Uh, this is a, I remember when I was a kid, this, this comic book came out and it was huge. Uh, I was reading Thor, but my friends were reading Bone, mm -hmm. and so I, I was behind on this one, but this was really big. I have a statement here that says, I've waited a long time for this. This is from Smith. Uh, Netflix is the perfect place for a uh, perfect home for Bone. Fans of the book know uh, that the story develops chapter by chapter, book by book. An animated series is exactly the way to do this. The team at Netflix understands Bone and is committed to doing something special. This is a good. This is good news for kids and cartoon lovers all over the world. Uh, starting in 2008, multiple uh, attempts over at Warner to adapt this saga into a feature film failed. Uh, to gain traction. Then in 2016, Warner Brother announced Mark Osborne, the Kung Fu Panda guy, uh, was on board to co-write and direct the first installment um, of, Bo of the Bone franchise. Uh, the story follows the Bone Cousins. Now, I might be saying this wrong because to me it sounds it looks like 
phone bone and phony bone, but I'm pretty sure they're supposed to be pronounced fun bone and funny bone. Mm. Whatever, either way. Uh, and then smiley bone. Uh, they go on adventures through a vast uncharted desert and... Is this British? No, it's American. Mm. Um, and But it is like... It's supposed to be the influence from like Gerald Tolkien and stuff like that. Like, uh. So... It's basically uh, to me. I haven't read these. Mm-hmm. I'm what I, as soon as I saw the font, the font of Bone, I'm like, holy cow! Yeah, everybody I know is reading these things. These are big. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm excited to check it out. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it a look. It almost reminds me just from the reading of like an Adventure Time type of thing, oh, that, which is always good news, right? Adventure Time is awesome. So it's supposed to be for a younger audience. It's for a younger audience. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's cool. Uh, next up, Dwayne Johnson. This is gonna be a fast one. Uh, the Rock revealed that Black Adam's filming is gonna start in July 2020. Almost 13 years after he signed up for the project. Mm. That's a pretty long time. Um, next up, the Batman cast Paul Don- uh, Donald uh, as the Riddler. So filmmaker uh, Matt Reeves, uh, he's he signed on Paul Donald, and he also found his Catwoman. I'm going to find that here in a bit. Uh, Zoe Kravitz will be playing Catwoman. I love Zoe Kravitz. That's cool. Um, so Paul Donald, do you remember him? No, not off my head. Do you remember There Will Be Blood? Yeah. Okay. He, I love that movie. He is the uh, pre the preacher that's like really harsh in the the main character. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine that guy's Riddler? Yeah, I think so. He's got that that yeah, he's got that kind of face. He's just creeping everything he does. Yeah, I just watched him in Escape from uh, Denimora, where he escapes from a prison, and very, very good in that. He's less creepy, but still a mess. Hmm. So that's gonna be our new Riddler. Now look up Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz. She is awesome. I really like everything she does. Uh, she's from she's the badass from Mad Max Fury Road, one of the many. But oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she's gonna be our new Catwoman. Uh, and then we had Penguin was gonna be played by Jonah Hill, but he just dropped out. Mm. So we don't. So now we need a new Jonah. We need a new Jonah Hill. We need a new <laughs> Penguin. And then the last thing I don't know if I've told you about this yet, but Jeffrey Wright will be playing uh, um, Commissioner Gordon. Now Jeffrey Wright mm-hmm. is from Watchmen. He's yeah. the guy that's uh, kind of like in charge of all the robotics. Oh, okay. You typing it up right now? Right, yeah. spelled with W, R. That makes better. You see him there? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's gonna be good as a detective, oh, isn't he? Yeah. He has Gosh. good casting. I, I like that already. Yeah, I like his demeanor, his personality. Yeah. The way he talks, just like very serious but wise. So uh, we don't know what this will be based off of. We believe it'll be based off of Long Halloween. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman Long Halloween which is a great story that shows uh, um, Matt Reeves have talked about he wanted to use the Rose Gallery mm-hmm. effect so not just like oh this one's all about Bane no 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 he wants to kind of tiptoe into everybody a little bit mm-hmm. that's why he's casting so many things um, Daniel's in charge of reading this for the comic book club so fingers crossed he does a good job I'll keep up on him though uh, and we'll see what he goes if he doesn't read it then I'll read it when we have confirmation Ooh. so quick question who do you think would be a good actor to play Penguin yeah, I don't know. What are you thinking? I Googled it. I saw some ideas. The one that really pops out to me is Andy Serkis. You just like Andy Serkis. I do. Me, I like you? him and everything. But, I mean, he play, He can easily play like a creepy kind of penguin. Yeah. And he was the top suggestion on here. I was like, oh, man, that'd be awesome. That'd be a good one. Yeah. Andy, sorry. What did I say? Did I say Kravis? No, Zoe Andy. Kravis is, is the oh, okay. one Okay, yeah. I said Andy Serkis. <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Did I say that wrong? You're losing it. It's cool, man. A little it's bit. Cool. Just a little it's bit. A lot of Watchmen. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have League of Legends is coming to mobile and consoles. At, uh, at the 10th year anniversary, they sell, they announced that they are making uh, a new version of League of Legends that will go onto the 
onto mobiles and consoles. It's going to be faster. It'll work with a twin stick control. So basically it's made to where it's, it's dumbed down essentially. Mm. They're going to be 15 to 20 minute long uh, matches. It's going to be called Wild Rift, League of Legends Wild Rift. Uh, they said it's not a port from PC. Uh, Riot has put out a P- uh, statement. It is a new game built from scratch to ensure it, it is polished, legitimate League of Legends experience that's worth players' time. Uh, they also announced an animated series called Arcane, and so we'll see that too from them. Uh, props, Riot. I mean, I guess that's, yeah, that's pretty good. And keep changing it up. I'm kind of tired of the game and company just because it's been like a long time. And they, to me, they, they've only made the game worse. That's just my personal opinion. I also don't like the company that now owns Riot. Just Tencent, they're they're a pretty shady company, but go back to our uh, BlizzCon episode, or our uh, Borkop Blizzard episode. Have you listened to that one yet? Mm, Probably not. Uh, That was a tense one. It actually has been performing very well for us, which (laughs) makes me sad because I was not happy about having to record. Like, I felt not having, I was just like, this sucks. Begrudgingly (laughs) recording it? Not yet. Not like I wasn't happy to report it because I'm happy to to share news with you guys. But you feel bad that it has to be such negative news against the company you used to like. Exactly. It just, it's sad. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. My favorite, if I was a teacher, it's like, oh, my favorite student, we found out was cheating this whole time. Yeah. Or something like that. It's like, ah, it's too bad. It's a weird way to put it, but yeah. All right. (laughs) Fortnite chapter two is here. Let's get into some good news. All right. Uh, So Fortnite... Uh, they had they gone up to season 10 mm-hmm. and then everybody was like oh something big's gonna go down for season 11 there was a countdown clock yeah they pulled and the plug right it was crazy yeah so essentially I'll just I have this like whole thing I'll just summarize it there's a rift in the sky mm-hmm. a rocket came in then a bunch of other rockets then a meteor and it blew up the map at the end of the countdown and literally just sucked up the entire map everybody and it was like it deleted the game <laughs> and so Fortnite That's was it. gone and for like three days I think it was maybe it was two days when you try to log into Fortnite, it would give you a black screen and like a little mini game where you'd like do like little like asteroid. Yeah. That was it. Uh, and then what it was is they were starting up a whole new chapter two. So this is like super season seasons now. So they'll probably do 10 seasons per chapter now. Mm-hmm. We have a new map, all kinds of new toys to play with. Uh, you have boats now. You have uh, swimming. You have a ton of new guns and stuff like that. They're not telling anybody, but a lot of devs or streams are trying to like collect all the guns to kind of show people like go here and there yeah. the new battle pass system that's the biggie for me the new battle pass system is going to be uh streamlined and it's going to be cleaned up so it's a lot easier for you to play the game for free to get all the cool stuff that's a smart move on their part and then they're added uh adding bots to the game so that people can go like play against bots and practice and get better over time which is where i'll probably be playing exclusively because i'm pretty bad at the game yeah Brody's the one that leveled up my account mostly. That's one reason why I don't like to play a lot of those kinds of games is because you get in there and there's the kids or people or whatever that just have all day to play and condition and are freaking professionals and you get in like, I just want to find a weapon before I die. Like, let yeah. me just let me just go touch a gun and then go ahead and shoot me in the back of the head. But I'm just running naked to a shack and I die every time. So. I like no formats, uh, aesthetics and everything like that, the way it looks. Mm-hmm. My big complaint is it's so much also about building on the fly. Yeah. And I'm like, I just want to play a shooter or Minecraft. Yeah. And like, you know, when you see like the pros play, that's why I like to watch people play it because mm-hmm. when they play it good, like, holy cow, I don't even, it's like so much. Yeah. Because they'll be shooting and then like quickly build a ramp and then shoot again. Yeah. While the ramp's going, they're like quickly, they're like hiding behind it as it's being built. It's so freaking awesome. I, there's no way I can do that. Like, I just know that it's not in my brain to think that way. Mm-hmm. So. That's but tough. yeah, Fortnite Chapter 2, I'll give it a shot and see how it is. Maybe I'll even stream it. That should be funny. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see how yeah. it goes. Oh, goodness. All right, that's it for news, guys. Uh, what have you been watching lately? 
Ah, uh, shoot, whatever. Oh, <laughs> Friends is on Netflix now. <laughs> That's one of the shows my wife loved, so we've been rewatching the whole series. Yeah. But I've also been getting into Peaky Blinders, which I'm... I am so happy for you now. I'm loving now because I just got Tom Hardy in season two. Oh, he's it's so like good. third or fourth episode in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm liking it. It's really good. I, my wife Oof. likes it too, but That's... she doesn't... I don't think she realizes because she doesn't pay very well attention that she's seeing every other episode because I'm also yeah, yeah. watching it at work on my phone and stuff uh, on lunch breaks. So... I'm so happy for you. <laughs> yeah, she, she she doesn't realize that she's missing it, but yeah, it's a good. I'm job. like the biggest advocate for Peaky Blinders. I got uh, Scott watching it too, and then, like anybody who's asking me, like, oh, have you seen Peaky? I'm always like that guy. Like, have you seen Peaky Blinders yet? Yeah. Um, and I'm so happy because I watched season five, and I had I don't know where I had heard this, but I thought it was the final season. Yeah. And so I'm watching it. And I'm like, oh man, this is gonna blow up. Oh my god, everything's gonna go wrong. Waiting for, for climax. Yeah. And then it's all cliffhanger at the end of season five, and I'm just like. I'm furious. I'm like, you guys ended <laughs> no, this series no. on all cliffhangers like this. I look it up. No, you know, season six on its way. Yada, yada, oh, yada. I'm like, oh, thank That's God. Cool. And so I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it's really cool because it pulls from arcs that have been existing this whole time. Yeah. And you didn't realize they existed the whole time. Well, you, you did if you paid attention, but didn't realize they matter enough to come back. Exactly. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, that's right. Yeah. They've been talking about this since episode one. They've been talking about this. <laughs> so it was really cool that it carries through. Mm. Um, yeah. And Tom Hardy's cool in there. Yeah. Uh, he's I like the way he plays that character. He's like really like he like like I said, like he kind of mumbles. Yeah. And then the words they do come out are like, oh man, that's shady as hell. Yeah. That's cool. The, uh, and I realized after starting season two, like there's so much that happened, especially between one and two, like the last couple of one or the first couple of two, that I don't really get. Like I didn't really grasp the transition and who these other people are now and who has control over what. So it's like I need to rewatch season one. Totally. There's there's a lot of details that you see just kind of slip through, you know, and the the inspector or detective or whatever like where is he yeah. what's his role now what is he doing there's a lot of little Dr. De- Grant. yeah he's been essentially back for something for a bigger fish but yeah. he's like while i'm here yeah 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 yeah. there's one more thing i need to take care of mm-hmm. so that's i have rewatched that that series a few times now and it and it's because of that because they have such heavy you know booming accents yeah that you catch things again and you're like and there's so many shifting alliances and stuff like that yeah that you're like you got to watch it again so you can catch everything and then yeah. when you do you're like oh my god that makes this and that much <laughs> so much better so it is really cool that is really good and then yeah later on you get you know you get the guy from pianist and you get yeah freaking little finger in there mm-hmm. it's really cool so maybe i'll stop at the end of season two and then rewatch one and two so hey, i get them better i'm on board for you doing that i'll watch it again i don't mind I'm going to join you in watching them. Nice. Uh, and then I'm watching uh, Black Lightning. So when we did the Arrowverse, oh, that's yeah. the one I didn't see yet. Yeah. And wow, I really, I wish I saw it earlier. It's yeah. so good. Really? Yeah. It's the, it's honestly, it probably is the best of all of them. Hmm. Just because the other ones you're watching, you're like, okay, I get that this is cheesy, cheesy and corny and stuff like yeah. that. I just really like them. Mm-hmm. No, this one's actually just a good show. Yeah, more like Jessica Jones feel? It's a lot like that. It's, yeah. it's yeah, it's kind of like those part of the world it's a 13 or... yeah it's a 13 episode run instead of the 22 yeah so you can tell the budget's a little bit more friendly for them and it's a much more grounded story yeah so where it's actually about the struggles of 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 this disenfranchised location and how black lightning was a symbol of hope yeah he's been gone for 90 years him coming back what's that mean um and uh jefferson the main ca- character in the story him one thing i really like is black lightning is almost controversial but when he's not black lightning, he's this like principal who's super inspiring. <laughs> and so you're almost like, man, I need to be more like Jefferson. Like you don't watch Batman and think I need to be more like Bruce Wayne. Right. No. Yeah. You actually think like, yeah, okay. Yeah. Black lightning. That's cool. All this gr- principal story though is great role amazing. model as a person. Exactly. That's cool. And then they really uh, approach the superhero thing in a whole different way. His wife, uh, she's like a scientist that uh, experiments with um, addiction. Yeah. 
And she's starting to realize, now I'm, I'm almost on season one. So if everybody's like, oh no, it's different. So she's starting to realize that there is a, he's releasing endorphins when he uses his abilities. So mm-hmm. his powers are an addiction to him. Mm-hmm. And it's so emotional to where there's a moment where uh, the, they, the daughter ends up realizing she has powers. Both daughters end up having powers. But anyways, the older daughter, she first finds out she has powers, like super strength. And there's this moment where the family finds out about it. And like, she's kind of, she's like scared because of that. But then you see the mom and the dad realize it. The mom and the dad broke up because of him having to, him like wanting to go out and save the world and her seeing him come home beaten up and like not, not understanding why he's going out there. And you're realizing it's because he's addicted to it. Mm -hmm. And so now the daughter has, so they're like, it's almost like, Oh, we just found out the daughter is addicted to heroin as well. Yeah. And so they're like, Oh shoot. She has superpowers. It's yeah. a but whole I, different way to approach it. So I wonder if they're going to realize that it's easier for them to come together and keep their house as one to help. That's kind of what's going on and oh, stuff okay. like that. She's becoming like, like a second level of Alfred because there's also like an Alfred character in this as well. Okay. But it's just that, just that one scene where, the, especially the acting from the from the parents, from Jefferson and the wife, yeah. um, where you could see on their face that they're just like, it's not like, wow, you got superpowers? Or like, oh yeah. man, you got superpowers, you got to be safe. No, it's like, oh shit. Yeah, you're cursed with this addiction that I have. Yeah, yeah, man, it was an amazing way to go about that. I've never seen that before of superhero of superpowers being a negative, being a negative in that way that yeah. they're an actually addiction. It's yeah. really pretty interesting how negatively affects his family and everything like that. It was pretty neat. So that's what I'm watching. It's really good. Mm. You guys got to check it out. Of course, all the other Arrow ones are starting too. Great, I'm so excited. Isn't okay. there a Batgirl starting? Yeah, it is a Bat Batwoman. Batwoman. Yeah, it's a sounds Kate so cool. It is. <laughs> Our Arrowverse review was a very good review. I'm just saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was pretty clean. All right, guys, that's going to be it for us. Please give us some feedback on this uh, comic book club. Let us know how we did and how we should change things in the future because that's important. We like to uh, adjust things as we go on. Uh, we had a new patron, by the way. Thank you very much, Banshee Shooter. Cool name. Uh, we are one step closer to like real cameras and not my phone attached to a <laughs> stick I just made. I'll have to send a picture of that because <laughs> that's pretty crazy rig we made. I made. Supposed to like a, an ad like you're selling fancy yeah. phone holding stick. <laughs> now available in the Geek Freak store. Yeah. A stick with bungees. <laughs> like a classic 50s uh, penny ad. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. So we'll see you guys uh, next week for our BlizzCon prep episode. Bye. Cool. Bye. For joining us on the Geek Freaks podcast, you can find us on Twitter at Geek Freaks Pod. We're also on Facebook, Instagram. You can email us. We have our Patreon and a store. All those links are in the description. Thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you guys next week.